Kathy Zitt, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Site assessment is often discussed as an important step in planning any project, but what exactly do you need to look for? We're here with Gwendolyn Bender of Visala to tell us more. So, Gwen, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks, Kathy. I like the Solar Speaks podcast, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much. Can you briefly tell us a little about Visala's role in the solar industry and how it evolved to encompass services of three-tier and second wind? Visala has been in the weather measurement device business for, I think, almost 80 years. And they got into renewable energy. In the last several years, projects uh, started to ask for the equipment they were using in other industries to be used, particularly for wind assessment and in solar assessment as well. So that they got an interest in renewable energy, and they saw an opportunity in the market. So they acquired three-tier and second wind in the last year to be able to provide a suite of end-to-end services for the industry, it goes from the measurement equipment that Vaisala make to prospecting and site assessment services, all the way through to forecasting and operational optimization. So it's a nice marriage of being able to combine the, the three-tier services, software, and numerical weather prediction modeling and things like that with the measurement equipment side of Vaisala and Second Wind. Excellent. So, Gwen, do you think the solar industry has always understood the value of site assessment, or is this something that you're still working to educate people about? Yeah, I think we are still working to educate people about the importance of resource assessment and site assessment. I feel like that message has been getting through to more people more clearly, and that may be partially because more of the larger projects are in operation, and so people now have that experience that they can apply back to their development strategies and how that they are approaching project development. They can make those improvements and learn from that experience. When three-tier services got into solar, we brought into that space the 10 years of experience that we had on the wind side in doing large-scale wind projects and we knew how important the resource assessment portion of the project is because that's really the fuel of your project. It's important to get it right. I think that the industry in solar focuses a lot of attention on the equipment and really getting every kilowatt you can out of the system that you are building in terms of the equipment. But the the resource assessment can kind of almost be an afterthought, and I think that there's a lot of room for improvement in how people approach their resource assessment, both on small projects and on large projects. That's everything from long-term data sets to having on-site measurements and what you can do in in post-construction with your, your operations management to really understand how well your project is doing on a regular basis. So, Gwen, do insurance or financing firms require site assessment? The financial firms generally do for the larger projects or if you're trying to finance a portfolio of smaller projects. Pretty much any time you're going to go 
to a bank to get financing for something larger than your rooftop. We'll definitely ask for an assessment of your energy production, and that will always include a resource assessment as part of that. The larger firms are starting to become much more savvy about what to ask for in solar. As again, as things have been in the ground for several years, everybody's learning, and that includes not just the developers, but also the financial institutions. They're looking back across their portfolios and saying, have these projects performed as we've expected? How could we reduce our risk and our uncertainty in these projects? And often, the resource assessment is one of the largest sources of uncertainty that you actually have some control over. You can't change the uncertainty around your panel. You can ask the panel manufacturer to make it better, but you as a developer can't change you know, what the uncertainty of that equipment is. But you can do things like install on-site observations at your project location and reduce the uncertainty of your resource assessment. And so financial institutions are starting to ask for that to happen on very large projects or to incent with better rates and things, people who have you know, done their, their due diligence to reduce the overall project uncertainty as much as possible. And that does include a resource assessment and a site assessment. Gwen, can you run us through site assessment for residential or small commercial projects? What exactly should site assessment involve? Yeah, so site assessment for residential or small commercial is different than a large utility scale project, but I think that it is still an important step to do a little diligence on your resource assessment and your energy assessment. So when I work with a large utility project, they are generally looking for just a lot of data that they can work with. I think that on a residential or small commercial project, it is perfectly fine to use a typical meteorological year file, which is just a single year file representative of the mean. And I think that that's an acceptable way to do a smaller site because, you know, when you're talking about a smaller site, you're talking about different features like shading affects a rooftop but generally, you know, a large utility project is out in the middle of the desert. If you've got shading, you're doing something wrong. So I think that there are different implications that make having a little less data granularity perfectly acceptable for us. But you should still do a little diligence and take a good resource file and use whatever your preferred software is to, to run an energy assessment based off of that and get a good profile for your residential clients and for your utility-scale clients. And I know some of the, the larger residential aggregation firms that we work with do import the whole data set, for example, and run that through their own power curves and things every time. So some of the, the larger companies are already doing this, and I think that there are certainly ways that small installers can also go get this data from a company like ours or even from, for free from the government and, and do a little bit better job of just doing their due diligence on a residential or particularly a small commercial installation. So what about larger projects? Can you walk us through the same for that? Yeah, so I think when you, you get to a larger project, particularly if you are going to be taking that to a bank for financing, which most of them will be, the biggest difference between a smaller project and a large project 
is that a large project, it's really in your best interest to install observational data on site. And that is for resource assessment. It's also a good idea if you can put a test cell out there for the equipment that you're thinking about using and seeing how fast is it soil and things like that. Because that on-site data is really going to be one of your most accurate sources of information. And then once you have a year of on-site data, one of the things you can do with that is correlate it to long-term data sets. So, for example, we work a lot in the resource side of things. If somebody has a year of on-site resource data that they've taken, we can bring that in-house and clean it up and use that to correlate our 18-year history of satellite data to the one year of on-site data. And now you have a very long-term record, almost as long as your PPA is going to be, to base your decisions off of, to run your energy calculations off of. And I think that that's really just an, a great way to understand the true variability and the true uncertainty that you're going to have at a particular project. And it's really, I think, where banks and financial institutions are going to be moving forward to start requesting these things all the time from the larger projects. And that's certainly what we saw on the wind side of the business over the years to move from a single basic year of data to trying to get as much data as possible to really understand trending at a particular location. Absolutely makes sense. I know that there were some recent concerns with underperformance at Ivanpah. For an example of a project where site assessment was important because developers weren't concerned. So can you tell us why? Yeah. Well, so the developers at Ivanpah, you know, even several years ago, were really ahead of the curve in looking at the long-term variability that they were likely to experience at this site. And obviously, you know, they were going to get a lot of interest and press around this site from the very beginning. And so I think that they, they did a great job really looking, doing the very best of best practices at the time. They had on-site measurement data for a couple of years. They did a long-term resource assessment. They looked at the variability across more than a decade of data to understand the conditions that they were likely to see, what the best case was, and what the worst case was. And I don't even think that past summer represents the worst case, but obviously their first year of operations, they got a lot of press. But while I think that they were probably disappointed that it wasn't sunnier, they certainly understood the variability that they had the potential to see. And I think that that's more than a lot of developers really understand. They, they did a good job looking forward on that. So speaking about variability, that's a a word that's thrown around a lot when it comes to site assessment. Uh, Why is that so important? Well, I think variability is the factor you can't control. You can wash your panels every other day. Nobody does, but you could. You can make sure all your wiring is perfect. You can make sure that your battery system is properly sized and your footings are great. You as a developer and as an owner-operator of a project have control over those factors. But the thing you don't have control over is the weather. You cannot control if it is going to be a sunny day or a cloudy day. 
but your project is 100% dependent on what the weather is going to be doing. So I think variability is something that people both don't properly account for and are kind of scared of because they don't understand what it could possibly be. And so I think that there's there's a lot more that people can do in the pre-construction side of things to understand what the variability of their project could be, and that will help not only in looking forward toward the operational phase, but that means you can do more in terms of financing. If you can reduce your uncertainty around the variability, then you can get better terms in financing and things like that. So I think pre-construction phase, there's a lot you can do to understand what might happen. And then I think the next phase for a lot of people is to start understanding what is occurring when it comes to the operations. Some people have projects that are are large enough they have on-site pyranometers or other equipment to measure irradiance, and they can see on a daily basis if their power is meeting what they would expect given the conditions of the day. And that's a great way to be looking in on daily basis or weekly basis. Am I producing what I should be producing? And so having that data either with on-site equipment, you can also get that information from a satellite data provider. I think that provides a great ongoing service that can help you identify and fix problems as they come up. What that doesn't tell you, though, is, okay, well, I, I'm meeting the power expectations that I should be given the conditions, but are these conditions normal? Is this below average? Are these conditions above average? Is this what I should expect continuing to go forward? And so, again, you have to put the year or two that you have in operations into a long-term contact to understand what your project can expect to do going forward. Absolutely. I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize, and I understand how that can make a lot of difference. Gwen, one last question. What would you say are the biggest trends or developments in site assessment for this year, 2015? I think 2015 is going to be an interesting year, and obviously I think 2016 is going to be a very interesting year. There are a lot more data providers on the market now than ever before. That includes other providers. I would expect to start seeing people maybe even get data from multiple providers and use that to start reducing uncertainty at a project site. I think that could be a really interesting process. I I work a lot in the pre-construction phase with people, and right now everybody's looking ahead to the end of the ITC. And so, you know, the people that I work with are really looking one to two years out, and so everybody's talking about the end of, of that program. So, you know, if anybody wants to use installed on-site measurements in advance of financing a project that they want closed in advance of, you know, December 31st, 2016, they have to get that equipment in the ground now because you have to have a year of data, right? So everybody's looking forward to that next year. And I think as we get closer to that deadline, more people will probably try to finance without the on-site data because they won't have time. That may have some ongoing repercussions a couple years down the road. A lot of things that we're seeing right now is is a much larger trend towards 
people looking at operating plants. And I think part of that is just there's two or three years of operational data that's now accumulated. Uh, But we're seeing a lot more people coming to us wanting to take that operational data and reforecast what their 20-year view is. I don't know if that has anything to do with the ITC. It probably doesn't. But we, we are seeing a big uptick in people starting to look at their operations and try to figure out how to improve those and understand what they can expect going forward. So maybe just to kind of sum up a lot of those thoughts, you think that people are paying more attention to site assessment. Would you say that? I would say that. I think people are seeing the impacts and they're paying attention, and I'm all for it. I think it's a really great trend towards improving the overall quality of the solar projects that are in the market. Well, again, we've been speaking with Gwendolyn Bender of Vaisala, and we'd like to thank her again for being with us. So thank you so much, Gwen. We appreciate it. Thank you, Kathy. This has been another edition of Solar Speaks. I'm Kathy Zip, Managing Editor of Solar Power World Magazine. Thanks for listening, and please tune in next time. Mm-hmm.